0: Just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Each week, we discuss life's hard financial questions in three sections. The first part is what we refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, this week in Retirement Update, we're going to talk about retirement. Of course, the name of our program is Retirement Unlimited, but at the same point in time, we're getting people prepared for retirement. Yeah. What about those people who don't want to retire right. or they have stepped into retirement and they go, oh, this is not what I was bargaining for. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about kind of the the
1: mental or the emotional side of retirement as well as the the oops, I don't think I like this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Those people, those people that regret it saying, okay, I've got. I've got other options I want. And we're, we're sitting down and talking with those people that yeah. say, in fact, we talk about people in the transition, not stepping into retirement, but really do look at a, a step. In other words, what is the next step in your life? Yeah. What are you stepping into?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, it's important because we've seen it over the years of people who, you know, cold turkey kind of, right. Go from, you know, on a Friday, they're working, you know, 40 hours a week, they're full, full bore. And then on Monday, they got nothing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's common for people to struggle in a little bit of it. You know, statistically, 15 percent of people who retire have a, a major struggle. They have right. a significant struggle with their retirement. And, you know, a number of reasons. So, so, which-
0: just psychologically. I mean, in other words, the demand, you know, I, there was a movie that I think I watched. This has been years ago, but it's called About Schmidt. Mm. And Jack Nicholson played this this character that he had been with the same company for like 30 some years. And they had this big retirement party for him you know all the balloons and all the party and the cake and everything else he came back the next week and his desk was empty he talked to the manager which was probably 30 years younger than him he says you know do you need any help and the guy said no we really don't need any Mm -hmm. help it was it was a really a poignant moment in the movie yeah and anyway but i i could see that where some people would go through that say what you mean you don't you don't consider me valuable anymore,
1: right, right? And there's the the work aspect, and so many people have their identity, you know, right. tied up. And I'm I'm valuable, I'm important because of what I do. And if people haven't laid the groundwork of you know being on nonprofit boards, right, volunteering with other organizations, taking care of family, taking care of grandkids, if they don't have these other aspects in their lives, it can be a harsh you know break. Right. And, and part of what we're talking about today is kind of how do you how do you prepare for that? How do you kind of go through? And the other aspect we haven't even talked to, I think we'll talk about a little today is is the spouse aspect of it. If you're married to someone and all of a sudden you're, you know, following them around the house, Hey, what are you (laughs) doing today? What, What are we, what are we up to? Like, you know, they didn't sign up to be cruise director for your retirement and, you know, people having to work through this. So for a lot of folks, majority of them, this is a joyous time. It's great. It's what they worked for. But you know, as you're gearing up towards retirement, like you really need to start laying this foundation that you're, you're entering into something. It's not just you're exiting one thing, but really deciding who you are. So part of it's identity. You know, what is your identity apart
0: from just, I mean, I can identify with that. I mean, not, not to do a play on words, but I've been in this business for almost 40 years. And so as I get older, clearly the, the exit door for me is closer than it was, you know, in the past, but at the same point in time, it is part of my identity. And so I can, I, I I can absolutely Mm -hmm. understand what people are going through. And all of a sudden, all this training, all this work, all this time, it just is, is it pushed aside Yeah. and you're saying. It doesn't have to be, it it has to
1: change. It has to change. And I I think finding a way to utilize that. Like, know people who say who work in accounting, if they join a nonprofit board, that nonprofit board is going to be head over heels, excited to have them there. You know, it's a way to kind of build on their experience and their expertise and add value to something, but they're also not every day carrying the load, shouldering the responsibility. You know, it's a transition in that. That's really helpful. And part of the the trying, one of the articles we read was about an individual who retired and realized this isn't for him. He was going right. a little crazy. So he actually started working with the university and had another five-year stint and then retired again. But the second time he retired, he, he did it successfully in the sense that he uh, had, had, had built the, the support for his new life. Yeah. You know, he knew what he cared about other than just work. He had that, that friend support around him. And he had a purpose. You know, he yeah. he had developed his own purpose of what he was still doing with his life. There's a great article uh, you know, I read a while ago that was saying, that they're, they're starting to see life as a third act. You know, you have the first 30 years is usually getting you know um, education and getting your feet underneath you. The second 30 years is your career generally, right? But because of life expectancies, a lot of people have another set of 30 years. Yeah. This, so, mor-
0: this mortality has really provided a different, uh, it's just generationally different than what it was for my parents and my grandparents in the sense yeah. of what you have left over. Yep.
1: And, and the, the medical delivery, you know, of what, um, you know, aging in place, aging at home. My parents made a joke the other day, but just saying, you know, they're the first generation that if if he couldn't drive, if my dad couldn't drive, he could order an Uber right. to take him somewhere. He could right. order his groceries in. And just was saying the ability of people to live independently is is better now than has ever been. And if you have, you know, potentially 30 years after your retirement, you, you can't just consider that as, oh, I'm retired, I'll sit by the beach. You know, uh, most people I know can't sit by the beach for 30 years. You know, they need purpose. They need- Yeah, purpose.
0: I mean, again, there's. I always tell people, you know what? What happens when you get with, you get done with all the the honeydews?
1: Mm.
0: In other words, when you retire and you do all those projects, all those things you set aside, and you've built a list of things, and all of a sudden, let's say a year, maybe two years has gone by, and all those honeydews are gone. Yeah, they're all finished. And now you turn around, and look, and say, okay, now what do I do with my life? What do I do? Yeah, that transition. I read a book. Jeremiah is called Strength to Strength, mm. written by Arthur Brooks. Um, it was really great, and he talked about the he talked about crystallized IQ, and that is an IQ that you have when you're younger, and you start to you you adapt to the the change and the new information, and your mind is supple enough that it can deal with the uh, the needs of, let's say, let's say like technology and such as that. But as you get older, you move into what they refer to as the fluid IQ. Mm. And that is where you're not as supple. You're mm. not able to adapt as was when you were younger, but you're able to retain and to dispense that information out when you're older. Interesting. It was, it was a great, it was a great book for me to read. I would recommend anybody listening to us if they went, they're approaching that it's called strength to strength, but it helps with that transition and understanding what's going on in your mind. You're saying, why, why can't I do what my teenage grandchildren are mm. doing on the computer? Well, there's a reason why once you read this book, you understand your brain is just starts to lose that flexibility to retain that new information. Yeah,
1: But things like, you know, dispensing how you deal with difficult situations right, or managing people or struggling through a hard situation, I mean, that would be experience that will perpetually be valuable and helpful. Right. But then things like, why is this new app not working or, you know, why don't I want to go in the metaverse and everyone else seems to want to do this? (laughs) You know, I, I get it that those wouldn't be, you know, as, as.
0: Well, it's like anything like cryptocurrency, for example, you know, people talk about it. Well, the younger people immediately or the transfer of money using Venmo or something Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. older generations, they look at it and go, there is no way I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. First of all, I don't understand how it works and and I can't write a check or I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, just online accounting and, you know, you know, paying your bills by bank. That was a leap for a lot of people just doing that.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think a, a takeaway from this is, if, if you retire, if you've recently retired and it's hard and not all that you thought it was going to be, that's okay. Right. There's a number of people who go into a depression after they retire. Right. But the idea that that's not your next 30 years, you know, that there is purpose. There is, um, you can build that structure even in retirement. Ideally, you know, if you've not retired yet, let's start building that structure now. So you know what you're about and what your purpose is apart from work. But if you're retired and you feel lost, you know that, that that's okay, but you can get through this. You can right. build purpose. You can build structure to where you wake up every morning and, and, and have that delightful <laughs> retirement that you've always wanted, but it, it takes work and it takes some purposeful and just, you know, waltzing into retirement may not be the dream that you thought it would be.
0: And this is what we help our clients with in that transition. We ask them a series of questions. And of course, having the relationship with our clients, we understand what their individual personalities are and we help them make that transition. We can't, we can't be the end all for everybody. But at the same point in time i think having that relationship with our clients is we can ask them some very meaningful questions and based upon their response we can help them make that transition more positive than maybe than what they thought it would be yep stay tuned for our next section we're going to talk about tactical asset management 8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade member FINRA, SIPC MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section that we refer to as tactical asset management. You know, with the recent volatility within the stock market, uh, values have been uh, up and down depending upon where you're. Where you're at. So the question is, do you need to re-examine your your retirement accounts? I mean, should you sit back and say, okay, do I need to make some changes to the accounts? And typically we we tell people you don't make changes in the midst of chaos. You make changes before the chaos occurs if you if you have certain parameters, you know, have certain guidelines in place. But a lot of people are sitting on a hot rock. Yeah. They're trying to figure out what to do.
1: What do you do? And I mean, for us, a lot of our conversation about changes were at the end of last year, you know, saying, you know, prices are high, values are high. We knew there's going to be some Fed rate increases. And so a lot of our revisions were then, which in my mind is the right time to do.
0: And we had signals last year. I mean, we had signals towards the end of last year that was clear to start trimming. Yeah,
1: trimming. And we didn't, you know, wholesale move things, but to trim, trim some positions. Rebalance. Um, But now that you're here, (laughs) you know, whether you did that or not, now that you're in this spot, you know, it's always good to review things, but as Randy said, it, it's, it's tough to, to do the review and make changes in the midst of a, a hard moment, you know, right. Um, because you're either reacting to the moment. I mean, sometimes you have to, sometimes you say, this is the one I have to make a choice. However, you know, especially if you're moving to protectionist to say, Hey, I need to be more protective. I see this coming a good example of being commodities. You know, commodities are one that, that that's part of what could put it, put into someone's portfolio to help with inflation. Right. But to do that today uh, might be problematic. I mean, a lot of the, the increase in commodities that's happened over the last month and a half. Right. Or two even four months, you know, since the beginning of the year, commodities have really surged forward. So to pick them up for your portfolio now might be too late. Maybe not. I mean, we'll
0: see. And what I, I, I would you. call them exotic outliers, yeah. you know, the same thing with uh, with gold and silver a lot of the gain has probably already occurred and most people don't understand the correlation. In other words, how they're related to the dollar and interest rates and all this other stuff. So it's not, it's not as emotionally, um, I guess, I guess, coherent as most people believe. Again, when I get calls from clients or prospective clients and they're saying, well, what do you think about? It almost tells me who they've been listening to mm. because there's they there. they become a mouthpiece for maybe an ad on the television or the radio or something they've read or somebody who says, you got to do this, you got to do this. Mm. And in long-term reality, a lot of times it's a reactionary thing. It's not a proactive thing. That's right. And the first thing when
1: you do a desk review is setting your expectations. You know, stocks last year were 27, 28% or so, which is a phenomenal return. Uh, But that's not going to be, you know, every year going forward. And so when you 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 look at you know stocks, a lot of the people that we're listening to, specifically there's a, some folks at Vanguard, they're forecasting three to five percent annual return over the next decade. So every year going forward, you'd have three to five percent is the stock market. No,
0: that's that's the gain in the stock. That's excluding dividends. So yeah. if you have stocks that have dividends, you could add whatever the dividend average is on top of yeah. that. So
1: and, and that's a great comment. You know, if someone is just investing for just the gain in prices, just right. for the stock market to go up then that's what you're looking at, you know, three to five percent. The majority of, of investors, especially in retirement, should not just be looking for the the gain of the stock price to go up. They should have a portfolio that has, you know, dividend paying stocks that produce regular income, probably some bonds or bond-like instruments that produce regular income. So that although you know capital appreciation and the stock price going up is nice and needed over the long run, uh, for people, especially close to retirement, that shouldn't be what your your retirement is hanging on right there's better ways to build that
0: yeah again i think i think in in portfolio construction as well as portfolio management we have to look at the macro trends and clearly growth has been rewarded over the last several years Mm -hmm. but it reached a point i always tell people for example right now if you could if you think of your house is this a good time to sell your house or is this a good time to buy your house and most people would say, oh. That that's a no-brainer. It's a good time to sell, right? Well, the same thing happened with stocks towards the end of last year. Was it a good time to buy there was a there was a valuation aspect there? And I think the market started to perceive that. And after the first of the year, we started to see, I think the impetus, of course, was you know, Russia's going into mm. Ukraine. It just kind of it, it kind of unsettled everything. It kind of like opened up the can of worms, so to yeah. speak, at that point. No, that's
1: right. And this is a good analogy, too, because with with that, a lot of people say, Well, if I if I don't buy a house now, I'll never get in. Right. And if I don't buy these stocks now, I'm missing out. Right. right. But really, to compare it to their own home that they already own, that's a better way to say it. Would you want to sell this home or buy this home right now? And it, so it switches compared to someone who's thinking I need to move. Right. It's a different
0: emotional value.
1: Yeah, that's right. The other question we get a lot is, should I be more conservative? You know, b- because the markets are a little crazy, should I move to cash or should I trim some things and? you know, there's some aspect, like we said, you know, in December, what have, might've have been a good choice for that to say, you know, we've had a great year. Let's, let's trim some of this. Let's be more conservative. But over the long run, if
0: yeah, if, long-term, it's not a good move. It's
1: not a good move. And, and that's a big portion of needing, not just a plan for today to say, Oh no, I, I'm scared for today. Move conservative, but really have a, a long-term holistic plan that looks at your life. And I
0: mean, you if you know, had a hundred thousand dollars a year ago, and you, you let it sit in the bank. And if I came back and said to you, okay, now your spending power on that $100,000 is about $92,000. Would you say that's a good investment? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, it just, you're losing spending power because inflation is just eating that money yeah. away. And inflation a few
1: years ago was not that big of a concern. It was small, right. but it, it's increasing and it's right. you know, steadily increasing. And hopefully it's leveled off at this point, but it's still there. So part of it as well is if you move more conservative, if you had a 60-40 portfolio, which is 60% stocks, Say forty percent bonds, and you shift over to a more conservative one that's thirty percent stocks and seventy percent. They anticipate you're giving up one to two percent of gain over over the long run. And so, with that, if we're only going to get three to five over the next decade, and you just gave up one to two, that's a significant shift. And and, in the moment,
0: there could be some reactions, but really, you need a long-term plan. And again, most typical economic cycles uh, they end towards interest rates being higher. This one here is a different. Uh, it's almost a flip in the sense that interest rates are going higher, but we came from a really low, low position. So therefore, the dynamics within the economy are different than in other economic cycles. So yeah. it's just it's just different right now. Yep,
1: it's a unique moment. So there, uh, part we talk about a lot when you do like kind of a, a nest egg review is is what types of equity do I need to have, and that's the appeal of saying you know do I need to add in Bitcoin? Do I need commodities? Should I put some real estate in here? And, and all of those are options, all those are ideas, but a lot of it is, is making sure that you have a diversified portfolio. And what we like is having a core holding in some sort of a dividend paying stock, you know, stocks that are, in essence, tried and true, and they're producing, regardless of their, their stock price up or down, they're paying out a dividend on a regular basis.
0: And these are companies that are going to be around here tomorrow, and they're going to continue to be adding to the value of their stock. Again, you can't measure a performance within a week or a month or even a year in some cases, but are these companies that are going to be, and you, and you, build, you build a basket of these companies mm-hmm. that are going to continue to pay dividends to you for the, through the long haul.
1: Yep. And as you have that as a, a sleeve or a, a core of your holding, you know, adding on to that right. growth uh, stocks and then some small caps. I mean, there, there's a number of things you do to build a full and robust, fully diversified portfolio. But, but with that, you know, people always come up, it tends to be the conversations we have when they come up with new ideas. Right. They seem to be the um, more risky, more exotic versions of things. Um, the last thing we'll talk about is is kind of your, your own spending. You know, should you trim your spending? The stock market went down this week. Do you not go out to dinner? <laughs> and there's part of that that, yeah, if you need to make a change, you need to make a change in your spending habits. But to, to live your life and to respond on a weekly basis or a monthly basis to how the market is doing emotionally, that's not a healthy place to be. And so that's part of having a longer-term understanding to say, you know, we understand our finances through the rest of our lives. We know what that looks like. We understand how much we can spend conservatively and, and fully. And, you know, the idea of, you know, skipping a vacation or skipping a cruise, sure, that might make sense. Right. But to say, you know, my life and my happiness is gonna rotate week by week or month by month based on the markets, in my mind, that's not a, a healthy relationship to your portfolio. Right. Your portfolio needs to be built in a way that you can live your life confident in where you're going and not, not holding on by a thread you know, to what the market does that week.
0: And I think these are all really good points. And I think it's something that people need to understand is that there's a constant dynamic that goes with portfolio management. But bottom line is, is that we come alongside of people and we help them understand the essential parts of management of their portfolio and to get them from knowing the start, but also the finish. And you want to end well. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. It's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section that we refer to as news you can use. There's an article recently in the Wall Street Journal that came out, Jeremiah says, should your IRA include real estate investments? In subscript, it says probably not. We have really been uh, reluctant to uh, subscribe real estate to people's individual retirement accounts. It's, yeah. it's got it's it bears a lot of issues. But people say, well, real estate's been going up. Shouldn't that be a good thing for me to include inside of my IRA? And you know, there's a lot of things that real estate throws off that inside of your IRA you can't get it. You can't yeah, get that value.
1: And so for a little bit of context for people that sometimes they'll take an IRA and they use the funds in that through like a self-directed IRA to buy a rental property. Right. And you know, the first thing is if you're going to do that, you have to buy a rental property. Like you right. can't buy your future beach house or buy a house for your kids or things like that It has to truly be a rental. But in, even in doing that, there's a number of things. So one of the, the items that, that jumps up is if you're in retirement age, you know, you're already retired. You just have to start taking out some RMDs, some
0: required minimum
1: distributions. And as you're taking those out, in order to calculate that every year, you have to value your IRA, and then you have to take out a portion of that those funds every year. So if you have real estate in there, that means you got to go and get a valuation of this real estate every single year, right? Which can be expensive or just time consuming. But then you have to take out some portion of that out of the IRA. And if the IRA has you know, a bunch of assets plus real estate, maybe that's fine. If your IRA is mostly this piece of real estate, I mean, how do you take out you know, $50,000 or $20,000 of a real estate? You know, it, it becomes problematic to get pieces of this out. And the way IRAs are built, once you hit these RMD ages, you have to take out pieces.
0: And one of the things that most people, they'll start, they'll start coming up with an idea about real estate. And I just listened carefully And you have to be extremely careful that you are not uh, self-dealing. This could be a prohibited transaction if it has some personal benefit to you, uh, like buying a piece of land that you're going to build a house on later, and you're somehow going to recreate that. You're bring that property over to yourself, and you're using your retirement funds to make the acquisition. IRS will, if they find that out, they will come down on you so hard. It's just, it's not even funny.
1: Yeah. We have a number of clients who wanted to buy a home for their kids to rent from them. Right. um, And thinking, oh, this will be this. I see how this is going to work. It's great. And it just doesn't work because there's too close of a contact there.
0: There's also a thing called unrelated business taxable income that uh, is thrown off by real estate particularly rental properties, investment properties that you can't, you can't take that. In fact, you have to pay taxes on it because it sits Uh, it sits as that additional income that the IRS says it's not qualified in a retirement account. So then all of a sudden you have this additional income that you have to pay taxes on and you're saying, well, I thought everything was tax-free. So it it kind of blindsides people.
1: Yeah, there's situations where this is helpful to folks, but there's a lot of um, concerns and items you have to be really careful of.
0: So if you'd like to have a copy of this article, uh, we'd be more than happy to send it out to you. It's good knowledge base to understand what you can and cannot do or should not do inside of your IRA.
1: If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, you can send us an email using the contact button on our website, which is retirementunlimited.com, or give our office a call. It's
0: 951-684-7011. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.